AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. A buyer other than Mexico showed up for some U.S. corn. October was the most active month for soybean crush ever. The weather forecast is still too dry in central Brazil and too wet in southern Brazil. But not much of that mattered with the grain markets playing defense today. Cattle continue to retrace recent losses and lean hogs have now posted back-to-back losses. Live from the show that's got back. To back loss coverage via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Brian Hoops from Midwest Market Solutions and directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now, here's our host, Chip Flory. I tell you what, Davis, the urge to play hooky was strong this afternoon. Oh, it was? was very strong this I walked outside over the lunch hour just to enjoy it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get back in the bunker and get ready for this show. I wanted to stay out there, man. I wonder if tomorrow will be exactly like today in no. that and other ways. No. It, it, it's going to be warm, but the wind is coming back. Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Today is calm. Today's calm. calm. Yeah. It's very, mm-hmm. very calm. Ooh, yeah. Tomorrow is going to be windy. Gusty, 40s, mm. 40 mile an hour wind gusts mm-hmm. coming our way in the Midwest tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watch out for those. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Yep. How are things down south? Everything okay? Really nice. The Southland is probably, you know, the, the Midwestern subtropical region here yeah. uh, is probably going to miss all those violent winds. Uh, I hope so. It's it's something of a utopia here. That That's awesome because yeah. I will be there tomorrow. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. No, too bad. I'm going to have to spend all day inside again. But yeah, no, I'll mm-hmm. love it. I'll love yeah. it. We got the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention is tomorrow. Trade talk. Lots of great information available down there. So I'm going to make my way down there. Uh, Davis has got to be away from the office as well. And Big Apple Joe Stackler has a plan. Has yes, he a does. Plan to keep He's everything. very excited about it. Yes, he, he is. You can tell. Uh, and and I'm excited to hear how this all goes as well. So you don't see Joe Stackler, Joe. you don't see Joe Stackler giddy very often. No, no, it's it's not something he wears frequently. But I've seen yeah. it this week in his preparation. I have I have as well. I'm sure all everything's right. gonna go fine. But <laughs> if I text you, don't listen. Yeah, please don't listen. <laughs> You know, I I won't be able to get online to hear it fast enough if I get that text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 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 All right, let's get to the news. What do you got, Davis? Well, Chip, wheat futures traded lower at midweek with a recovery in the U.S. dollar index following yesterday's plunge, removing buying from the grain markets. Lower crude oil futures also helped to put the grain markets on the defensive. December soft red winter wheat futures led the price decline. The contract opened slightly higher, pushed up to within a penny of resistance at 580, and then fell sharply to spike support at 560. Mm-hmm. 
The high range open and low range close busted support at the uptrend, drawn off the September 29 and October 31 lows. December HRW wheat futures unchanged, 639 and three quarters. December soft red wheat down 11 and a half cents to 560 and a half. Jeez. December spring wheat closed at 735 and a quarter, and that one's up three quarters of a cent, a mixed bag in the wheats, Chip. Yeah, once again, wheat traders proving that they want to sell rallies, no question about that. Well, December corn futures opened slightly lower, pushed up to spike resistance at 480, and then fell back to trade through support near the 470 level. The low-range close erased about half of Monday's strong price gains. USDA this morning announced the sale of 124,000 metric tons of U.S. corn uh, to Japan for delivery in the current marketing year. Ethanol production in the weekend of November 10 averaged 1.047 million barrels per day. That's 3.6% ahead of the same week last year. Ethanol stocks down slightly to 20.954 million barrels. December corn futures seven and a half cents lower for 70 and three quarters. March corn down five and three quarters cents for 88 and one half. May corn futures closed at four ninety-eight and one half, down five and a quarter cents. Chip. Yeah, strong production on the ethanol, near one point zero five million barrels per day, and stocks are shrinking. Got the trends going in the right direction. Hey, we got Japan in here. I almost, yeah. I almost just flipped into autopilot and said U.S. corn to Mexico yeah, for del- Mexico, no. We got Japan yeah. in here, baby. That's right. That's right. We're going to G- talk about that with Brian coming up here in a bit. Excellent. Well, January bean futures opened slightly lower and then rallied to within two cents of 14 bucks before a round of profit taking sent front month beans to a low range close. December soybean meal opened a dime higher and spiked to a new contract high before falling back to close near session lows. Bean oil futures posted a sixth consecutive higher close despite the pressure on crude oil futures. Members of the National Oil Seed Processors Association reported they crushed 189.8 million bushels of beans in October, and that's a record for any month, about 2.5 billion bushels more than expected and up 2.9% from October last year. Soybean oil stocks in October dipped from September yeah. to 1.099 billion pounds. January beans today, four and three quarters lower, 1385. March beans down three cents, thirteen ninety nine and a half. Sass close. May beans closed at fourteen ten and three quarters, down one at three quarter cents. Chip. Yeah, the expanded crush capacity is starting to come online here, and it's showing up in the numbers. December cotton was twenty seven points lower, seventy eight forty one. The cattle complex continued to claw back some of the six day twelve dollar price slide from the November high. Des- December cattle opened near session lows and closed near session highs, building some upside momentum. Dece live cattle a buck ninety two and a half higher one seventy seven seventy seven and one half Jan feeders up one ninety two thirty ninety December lean hog futures one dollar twenty five cents lower seventy one oh five chip all right thank you very much Davis let's bring in Todd Horowitz BubbaTrading dot com how you doing Bubba what's up fellas how are you oh we're doing just fine we got a beautiful day here in the Midwest how's things Vegas way. Now, Vegas is beautiful, and uh, we have a wonderful government report. There's a low, dropping inflation, the lowest PPI since 2020. How could you beat that, uh, if you believe it? <laughs> well, yeah, you got to believe it first, right, Bubba? And, you know, mm-hmm. I talked about it with Representative Feenster this morning. You can talk about the infl- the rate of inflation coming down, but we still have inflation, and affordability stinks. There is no affordability, Chip, and and unfortunately, the numbers are kind of rigged because of the way that they're reported. You know, we don't talk about that the number one and two costs for the average American is uh, food and energy, 
they don't count that heavily to the index. So what difference does it make? You got to eat, and that's the that's the problem we have. And of course, uh, you know that's why I think cattle's going lower, and uh, you know I think hogs are going higher, and grains are going higher. That's what I think. Okay. Um, what 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 what's the thought process on grains right now? Because there seems to be just an attitude that these markets have to go lower. Well, I mean, they've tried to push them lower, but we, we keep trying to make a higher low, which is certainly more to the bull side. I'm not saying they're going to go straight up. I just think they're going to start to see a grind higher. And as we get back into, you know, that we finish up harvest and we get ready to go and go into next year, I think there's going to be a supply issue. So I think that looking forward, we're going to see higher prices because I think a lot of these farmers are going to be priced out of planting as well. Wow. You know, if they've got an acre of ground, to make the decision not to plant it and to not to support it, things got to look terrible. The The outlook's got to well, be don't terrible. They, don't they look bad? And then wait till Saudi Arabia and OPEC start cutting production oil again to make these prices go higher again. This is, you know, the, the low oil prices tell us how bad the economy actually is. But if they cut production, that's going to force artificial prices higher once again. Bubba. You always make me think. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day, Chip. You bet. Brian Hoops, Midwest Market Solutions, next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The truth is hard to come by these days unless you listen to AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Did you hear what Bubba said there, Davis? With the, Which part? Uh, with, with cattle prices. I, uh, you know, cattle are about the only market that he sees going down. He thinks hogs can mm-hmm. work higher, mm-hmm. grains can work higher, but he's he's um, negative on the cattle front. It's because of the affordability issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been waiting for signs that the that that you know a slowdown in consumer spending mm-hmm. or spending more money at the gas pump or spending more money for a loaf of bread uh, a box of cereal whatever mm-hmm. would start to have an impact on beef demand i don't know if i'm willing to say that that is is happening or not mm-hmm. but uh the way that this market is clawing back some of those losses that we had from uh, from earlier this month, I think, is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Well, uh, here, I just got to it. Choice graded, heavyweight, choice graded box beef prices 
today, this morning, up $2.61. Now, we were sliding below 300 bucks. Yeah. Here we are back up to 298.28, and that was on 68 loads moving. So it, it's not like... It's not like the beef demand is is going away. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, what? Well, yeah, I would. I I read through that um, this morning, chronicling yeah. Tuesday's action in that market. And you know, Grady's thought, Brian Grady, uh, his thought: retailers are currently uh, more selective buyers than value seekers. I think that's very interesting. They're they're in there, not necessarily looking for the bargains. They want the good you. stuff. Yeah. And that's yeah, significant. Interesting. Nope. Let's get it. You know what? As long as we're talking about what's going on in the cattle market, let's go ahead and start there with Brian Hoops from Midwest Market Solutions. How you doing, Brian? Hey, I am doing wonderful. How's it going, Chip? Good, good, good. So we had that steep decline from the November highs, down 12 bucks in about six days in live cattle futures. We're clawing it back. We've got, what, four, four and a half of it back now? it uh the market is trying isn't it you know we we're trying you know we we did lose some ground from september october highs um and never really made it back kind of just made kind of a half-hearted r- attempt at a rally uh and then the the uh cattle and feed report came out and we really dropped sharply had another attempt to come back and rallied and filled the gap we left in the december contract and it feels like we're having another rally attempt. We have another cattle on feed coming out on Friday. It's another attempt by the market to uh, to rally back. But you know, I think you can look at any chart and, and pretty clearly establish where we broke the uptrend in the market. And uh, now that we're in a downtrending market, so you have funds who have been very long in this market pushing it uh, higher all the all through 2023 up until recently now they're looking at a uh, potential getting out of those long positions and i think that is going to cap our rallies here for a while so you know you, you talk with clients uh, all this year about what what was the events that could capsize this cattle market well you know of course we always talked about a poor economy consumers backing away from a demand but the other thing was that these funds who are holding huge long positions end up getting out for whatever reason trend changes or that they decide to take profits on something and uh it puts some technical weakness into the market and, and we've that's what we've seen is really capsized uh the, the bull cattle market yeah. is the fact that the funds have liquidated positions more so than a, a struggling economy or even consumers backing away at the retail price levels uh, it's it was more of the funds change of direction change of trend that yeah put a you know really turn this cattle market back on on the negative side yeah it's almost a cleansing that the market has to go through from time to time and and flushing out those those established positions i mean some of those long positions in cattle brian they probably celebrated an anniversary didn't they <laughs> most likely and yeah it is healthy for the market to undergo a cleansing period from time to time um and kind of reset itself you know the, the producers who 
uh, were buying feeder calves, you know, back in, in August, September, remarked about how expensive it was and how much money it took to yeah. put one of those animals in the lot. Um, you know, you're getting a much cheaper price level to work with now and uh, maybe more some upside potential, more profits going into 2024 because you're buying something cheaper and, and hopefully it does turn around and, and rally and, and we have better prices once again in the next calendar year. So it, it's not unhealthy for any bull market to do this. We've seen this happen um, in the grain markets uh, from time to time where you have a, a real strong market, maybe some fun liquidation selling, and then, you know, it catches a, a good foundation, a good fundamental foothold, and then prices again, take off and rally another, another leg higher. I think that's probably what we're going to see in this cattle market. Although, uh, you know, we've got a lot of ground to make up to get back to even where we were uh, back during the month of uh, September, October, just, uh, you know, it, it may take yep. some time to get there. Okay. Cattle on feed. You mentioned it. Cattle on feed report coming this Friday. When we look back at the October cattle on feed report, those September placements changed attitudes, changed a lot of attitudes in the cattle complex. What are your expectations going into the report on Friday? Yeah, it really caught everybody off guard as well. Um, it was, you know, a surprise. We didn't expect that. And and this report is, I don't think, will be that type of surprise. We we're expecting to see bigger placements. But uh, a year ago, um, you know, it was a completely different story compared to the October placements last year were the, actually the smallest in history. So it's going to be hard to duplicate that again. Um, it's still probably going to come in under the five-year average, even if we see this 106 that the trade is expecting, 6% more than a year ago, that's still going to be much less than the average pace. So right. I don't even if we get a, a real bearish number here, it's not something that is uh, you know a real death for this cattle market it, it's probably going to be pretty well widely anticipated by the market i think at this point in time um you know we, we may be placing a few more cattle here at this point in time compared to a year ago but uh, by all accounts there's not a lot of cattle that are uh, going to be finished and ready in maybe say February through April timeframe. We think there's going to be a lot of cattle that are going to be short uh, as far as numbers go in the first quarter of 24 that should give us much yeah. higher prices than what we're seeing today. Okay. That's interesting. Do you like the structure of the market? Uh, we got the Dece at 177.75, the, the February at 178.75, just a dollar premium. It uh, sounds to me like you think the premium for that February contract should be more. It, it probably really should be. And for this time of year, it, it most likely should be higher. Uh, and even looking at April, that's only another dollar and a half higher than where the February is. Again, probably should be uh, have a little bit more premium. Those, those are the months that probably are undervalued here as much as anything um, in this cattle market. And, you know, and, and you do have to like the fact that the funds have blown out of a lot of these long positions that they were holding that helps us on recovery as they will come back into the market. Once that trend yeah. at least gets reestablished that it's a sideways trend and an uptrend, you'll see a lot of uh, active spec buying coming into the marketplace. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff, man. Okay. Uh, Lean hogs. Let's talk about that for the rest of this segment here. Uh, the pressure came back. We've got back-to-back -back losses here in the in the lean hog market now. It, still, it, it we, we're we're doing some technical damage, but I don't know how much it really matters. 
Brian. <laughs> yeah, you know the the, the index is kind of what the December front month hog contract is tied to, and it's in yep. the 76, 75 range, and likely coming down just a little bit as cash markets soften up. So uh, I don't know that we'll fall sharply here in the futures because we're already discount to that index. But as far as upside potential, I don't know that there's a lot of upside here in this hog market from the the price levels that we're currently at. Um, it seems like 76, 77, 78 has been a cap in this hog market uh, on the December contracts going back into the, the summer months. And um, we're kind of in the middle of that trading range. It's not a, yeah. it's more of a sideways pattern. We've had uh, a market test 67 on the downside, 77 on the upside. We're trading at 71, just about yeah. right in the middle of uh, yeah. of a six months trading range. Yep. And we should be seeing some good demand in this market. There's no question about that. Uh, everywhere you look across the country, they're doing the buy the buy a ham, get a turkey uh, specials at grocery <laughs> stores for Thanksgiving. I mean, I didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but it is, and it's happening across the country. Can't hurt uh, pork demand, can it? No, that certainly is going to help our, our demand out um, when you have that type of uh, retail features. And, and that's what we need to see is those retail features um, seeing you know, at, at the stores where a consumer can uh, buy pork products and probably very similar to what you can buy turkey products for at this time. Yep, yep. All right. We are in the middle of a conversation with Brian Hoops, Midwest Market Solutions. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on in these grain markets, what's going to be directing price action for corn, soybeans, wheat, and then we'll talk a little bit about marketing strategies as well here on AgriTalk. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes where December hard red winter wheat futures were unchanged at 639 and three quarters. December soft red winter wheat down 11 and one half cents to 560 and one half. December corn futures were seven and one half cents lower on the day, 470 and three quarters at the close. March corn down five and three quarters to 488 and one half. January soybean futures four and three quarter cents lower, 1385. March beans down three cents, 1399 and one half. December cotton was 27 points lower, 78.41. On the livestock's December live cattle futures gained a buck 92 and a half to 177.77 and one half. January feeder futures up a buck 90 to 230.90. And December lean hog futures $1.25 lower at 71.05. Get more market news every market day. Go to tryprofarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. 
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Davis is here as well. I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we're having a conversation with Brian Hoops, Midwest Market Solutions. Um, Brian, we spent a lot of time on livestock in the last segment, so let's let's focus on grains. I was disappointed with the way that the grain market traded today. Um, I I felt like after, you know, yesterday, even gaining a penny, penny and a half in corn felt like a big move because of the stronger gains that we had on Monday. Today... I feel like we lost all that momentum. What's your attitude? You know, there's a lot of days that I get disappointed with the markets and, and the way they act. And, and sometimes that's right. And sometimes it's yeah. uh, not fair to the market. And, and it comes back within a day or two. It's kind of a, almost a head fake. You know, we I thought we saw strength overnight in the soybeans getting up into that $14 mark and came real close to it before pulling back and just could not uh, gain any traction. And, and we ended up closing well below it. So it's kind of a little hook reversal where you make new highs, close below where we opened, and, and close lower on the day. So it's certainly technically uh, negative for the market. But the fact that we're up near $14, I think it has to be looked at as, as a positive for producers. Even going back into uh, July and August of this year, there's very few days where we closed above Fourteen dollars in, in January soybeans probably less than ten. So the fact that we're back up here is an encouraging sign. Um, you know, it's a almost a dollar rally, or maybe more than a dollar rally, off of our mid October lows for soybeans. And you know, producers certainly should be looking at uh, rewarding that type of rally. Looking at making uh, if they have already made you know made some sales and, and bought it back, maybe look at taking some of that money and uh, liquidating some of their long positions. Um, so, you know, I can't say that the, the rally's over because I think that's really going to get down to these longer term weather forecasts and what's happening in South yeah. America, particularly in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. You know, taking some profits on some buybacks, it does feel like that's the kind of thing that was happening. The way that meal rolled up, made a new contract tie and pulled back beans, like you said, got to within a couple of cents of, of 14 bucks, pulled back corn, pulled back as it was testing some overhead resistance it uh if we've taken two steps forward this week today was probably just one step back right right exactly so that's why i say it's more of a longer term pattern it's still yep. positive in the sense of what direction we're heading and everything looks positive a little you know a little disappointment as you mentioned a hook reversal lower close yep. doesn't make you feel good but in two or three days we could be back up above, you know, 1410 to 1420. We had, you know, a lot of producers that sold product right off the combine at, at harvest because of lack of storage using some options strategies, some spreads yep. where you buy a call and sell a call. Uh, looking out into March, you know, 1420 was pretty popular uh, as far as the sale price of the call. Uh, so, you know, you, you were getting close to that. We got close to that today within 10 cents, but that's probably an area where we'll be encouraging to start to, to take some of those long, options spreads off bank the profits see if we can get a, a little bit bigger pullback uh to get in on once again All right i loved seeing japan in as a buyer of corn 
this morning. Um, didn't seem to matter much at the end of the day, though, did it? <laughs> yeah, you probably loved it more than the market did. It didn't yeah. <laughs> really seem to care that it was uh, Japan. And uh, a lot of a lot of places, uh, the USDA actually sent out an incorrect e- email saying that yep. it was a Mexican corn sale, but uh, it was actually corn to Japan. Yep. Um, so it's third consecutive day of sales, and it's encouraging to see other countries besides Mexico uh, take up the slack here and buy some U.S. corn. You know, Mexico has, uh, they're about 41% above last year's pace and maybe 20% above the two-year-ago pace as yeah. far as uh, you know, purchases from the U.S. But other countries, the sales pace has been very slow uh, with, outside of Mexico. So it's encouraging uh, to see China, see Japan step in for corn once again. Um, I think, you know, as longer we trade below the $5 mark, the more of a demand base that we're starting to build and okay. uh, rally at this time above $5 would kind of just kill that demand. But if the dollar would, would continue its trek lower, we had some economic news yesterday that suggested maybe the, the trend has changed in the dollar that will help out our, our longer term exports as well. Okay. All right. Had a great NOPA crush report this morning. Uh, really fantastic. Biggest month for any month ever. Yes, that was announced today, um, middle of the trading day, 11 o'clock. So the market reacted to that. Yep. Um, you know, it was very bullish, as you mentioned, as far as uh, numbers of soybeans crushed for soybean meal. Oil stocks was also highlighted in the report as being very uh, friendly because oil stocks well below what we've seen here. Very tight numbers, below 1.1 billion pounds. Um, but yeah, it was a not only record for the month of October, but an all-time record month of right. uh, almost 190 million bushels crushed. Yeah. Yeah, that soybean oil stocks number was expected to go up for the first time in about six months, you know, month to month, and instead had that slight drawdown in, in stocks on the bigger crush bigger than expected crush by about two and a half million bushels, Brian. I I mean, this was a positive report, but it, 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 we've been talking about the, the expansion on crush capacity for so long that I don't, it, that's gotta be why the market really didn't respond much, isn't it? Yeah. you, You know, it's, it's a, News item event that is very bullish longer term. It's something that we've been talking about. It was pretty widely anticipated. We already have meal at contract highs. And a big part of that is because the crush numbers that we're expecting to be this bullish, uh, in fact, gave us, you know, the USA gave us those numbers to to yeah. back it up. So a lot of it, I think, was kind of factored into the market. And I think you did see some of that profit taking coming in off of that bullish crush, kind of unwound some of the spreads between meal and soybean oil with oil share gaining against the meal today. Got it. Got it. Okay. Can we call this a weather market, Brian? Um, yeah, I think you can. You know, we got over half the crop uh, in the ground in Brazil uh, and, and uh, Argentina. So once you get that crop in the ground, that's when the market becomes a weather market. You start being worried about uh, yields and reductions, maybe replant of acres uh, of corn and soybeans. So absolutely, I think you're in a weather market and we'll continue to watch weather as a main driving force, really, uh, from now until middle of January or, or, or even early February, if there's uh, drought-like conditions that persist. Yeah. You know, we've had a really... I'll call it a rally in the bean market. I mean, it's more than a buck off the lows. Uh, 
without a lot of help from the soybean oil market. Now, if the soybean oil engages in a rally here, do you think beans start trading with oil or do they stay hooked up to meal? Um, you know, the, the oil market is, is one that has kind of been a darling of a lot of people uh, from the standpoint of the, of the tight stocks and the yeah. fact that uh, these stocks at some point may become in high demand. They have, it has not been the case, but there's been talk about it for three to six months. Uh, at some point, you know, that market may catch hold and the demand will start to pick up and, and the tight stocks situation could be very bullish for that market. I do think that the soybean meal is going to stay bullish until we get Argentina supplies to come back into right. uh, world export markets. So, for, so from now through at least uh, February, early part of March, when Argentina supplies become available, we have a very strong opportunity to continue to see record crush numbers of meal and to see strong export business. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but we did see several weeks sales of uh, meal to the Philippines, and mm -hmm. we may see more of that uh, as kind of a yeah. hedge against higher prices in, in the future months. Okay. All right. So when you're having a conversation with one of your clients and talking about managing the 23 crop bushels, corn and soybeans, what does the conversation sound like? Yeah, a lot of a lot of producers you know want to have that conversation of talking about different storage options, um, cost of storage versus maybe cost of, of reownership strategies. You know, there's probably we've seen a, a dollar rally in the soybeans. So there's you know, there's your rally already. We, we're not going to see much in the way of corn rallies, I don't think, until we get maybe more into the later stages of winter early part for spring so that's when you could really see some big gains and that's that's when you want to talk about reownership of this uh, corn and soybean crop so if you know you have some funds to spend i don't know that buying corn right now and reowning is the best time to do it you may want to hold off on that reownership until we get into the spring or you we can design some of these option strategies maybe you um you know sell a kind of a short dated call and own a long longer term one so yeah. um maybe you you get long uh, a july call sell a march and this could be true for corn or soybeans sell a march call when that march option expires worthless which is what you would want you're left with a long option um yeah with no no limits and, and complete upside potential and that's what you really want going into the spring and the summer to somehow get uh, either through the futures or the option market have that ownership potential intact and in place before our growing season starts brian it's been a while since we've talked about calendar spreads and options but, it probably but, has. But since you mentioned yeah. it, since you mentioned it, I it does make sense to me. Well, I think this might be a year to really look at doing those um, because we do have such big carries, especially in the corn market. We have this, you know, this monster 2.15 billion bushel carry. It's going to take time to chew through that. And even if we do move through some of that through the winter months here, um, if you have some of those options, if they can expire worthless and you collect a premium, yeah. then you can spend yeah. that money on longer term options and, and I get it. ahead of our growing season. That's that's the time to own it. All right. I assume they can talk with you and learn more about it. MidwestMarketSolutions.com. Yes, sir. That's what we love to do. You can give me a call. 417-501-5132. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Yep. Brian Hoops, Midwest Market Solutions.
To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. And welcome back to Agritalk. So glad that you opted to spend some time with us today. Your pal Davis Michelson here with Chip Flory looking on, standing by. You bet, man. At the ready. Yep. Good conversation with uh, Brian Hoops there. Yes. Yeah, fantastic um, conversation. Talked yeah. about a lot of, you know, I, I want to just say this. He talked about a lot of things that it it felt like I was on a call, you, you know, mm. a, a client calling in and saying, Brian, come on, right. help me out here. Help me understand what's going on here. That's yep. what that conversation felt like. Yep, it really did. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about cattle first. I'm just going to start at the top here. Um, not a lot of cattle coming to market in Q124. Right. Um, that sounds like the price of our delicious ribeye steaks are going to go up in the, in the first quarter. <laughs> well, or at least hold steady, right? Okay. Uh, because whenever you're in that $300 range on the heavyweight choice box beef, you, you got to think that, not saying that it can't go above that, it absolutely can. But it's almost like a we've been there and we've done that. I don't know if we need to do that. So if we trade in that that two ninety five to three ten range, three oh five range on the heavyweight choice box beef, mm-hmm. I don't think that has a big impact on what's happening at the retail price. Okay. Because because it's there, we've been priced in. Just because we we break down to two ninety five, doesn't mean that the ribeyes are going from seventeen ninety nine to sixteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. They're going to stay at seventeen ninety nine. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Affordability. Okay. Affordability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Um, let's see. What else? Where else you want to go to? Uh, technical damage doesn't seem to bother the lean hog market. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting thought. Right, right, and uh, um, here we are. We're we're busting that trend line, mm-hmm. and it still feels like a market that can go mostly steady. And Brian said, Brian explained why we've got the index at about a five dollar premium to the DS contract. We're we're close enough, or getting close enough to expiration on that. 
that you can't separate them by a whole yeah. lot at this yeah. point. So, you know, it's either the index comes down to the futures or the futures go up to cash. And I think the what what Brian was talking about was uh, a little bit of both. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, futures steady to higher index backing off a bit, but narrowing up that discount that the futures hold to the cash. Mm-hmm. Um, let me move you over to a news story we didn't get to this morning. Oh, yeah. I, um, here's this. Ukraine has initiated an insurance program yes. in collaboration with Marsh McLennan and Lloyds of London to provide yeah. insurance coverage for grain vessels departing from Ukraine's deep sea ports. This move comes shortly after a Russian missile struck a ship. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that insurance probably isn't coming cheap. Oh, I'm sure it's not coming cheap, but but you can get it. Yeah. That's a big, I I think it's a big deal, Davis. I think it it could be. Yeah. If you add in the extra, I mean, maybe it it makes us more competitive with supplies out of the Black Sea. Oh, I see what you're saying because the insurance is so much that maybe it's just cheaper to go ahead and get it out of the U.S. Just adds to the freight. And the importer says, that's a little steep. That that is one way of looking at it. That is for sure. Um, Russia and Ukraine will sell grain basically regardless of price. Now, Mm -hmm. Russia will tax it. Mm -hmm. Ukraine will sell it. So the price of grain in Ukraine was just uh, lowered to compensate importers uh-huh. for the higher insurance okay that's typically how that will work you can make it work on paper sort of in it, other words it, yes well and i think they can make it work in reality mm-hmm. because they'll just pay less for the grain coming into the port mm-hmm. because the importer has to, to pay more for the insurance i looked at it as a holy smokes they can get insurance on those shipments again mm-hmm. um yeah and just the simple fact that they can get it may make Ukraine more of a player going forward than than what they've been able to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, staying in Eastern Europe here, this also oh, good. EU officials are discussing the reinforcement of the sixty dollar per barrel price cap on Russian oil exports, which has raised concerns because almost none of Russia's oil exports are being traded below that price cap i mean we could make it 10 bucks a barrel couldn't we chip and they'd still find their way around it absolutely i mean you you just make up a number there they're not going to do it yeah it's blood Mm -hmm. um that that's that's what it means to russia it's uh uh crude is their their lifeline wheat is part is is another lifeline but boy if they didn't have crude business going on around the world yeah uh, it would be uh, it, it would be devastating to all their efforts, which is why you would like to see people. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, pay attention <laughs> to the price. Importers pay attention to the price caps. Yes, but yes, but mm-hmm. yeah, they oh, man, they need they need product too. It's, I asked a big question difficult. with not enough time left. Hot and dry in Alaska the next six to ten days. Right. Right. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. Much above normal temperatures in in the Arctic. 
uh, as we look at the November 21 through 25 below normal temperatures expected across the middle of the country. Mostly below normal precipitation is now in the forecast for western Illinois to central Nebraska, Minnesota, down to Texas. Uh, so cool but dry in the 6 to 10 day, the 8 to 14 day. The below normal temperatures stick around. Below normal precipitation has made its way back into the extended outlook as well. Like I said, Davis and I are going to have to be away from the studio tomorrow. Greg Henderson, editorial director there at Drovers, is going to be on. He's going to corral some cattle issues and have a conversation in the morning. And tomorrow afternoon, Ted Seifert, Zainer Aghedge, will be here to keep things going. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is AgriTalk.